Welcome aboard Bus One. We're on our way to Death Valley and we've got some time to kill. So let's play some trivia. Contestants, go ahead and introduce yourselves. Good morning. My name is Alec. Oh, brother, this guy stinks! Hey, I'm Sarah. Noggin. Hi, I'm Sam. <laughs> we got Annie. Ham. Ham. <sighs> Good morning, everyone. Oh, is it is it officially ham? Yeah, we can say ham. Ham. That's what that's what right, I put it's on the buzzer. Be ham. Okay. <laughs> Well, before we get started, let's go over the rules real quick. Uh, This game will consist of three rounds containing five questions each. Questions in round one are worth one point, round two, two points, and round three, three points. I will also be throwing in a challenge question where I'll be giving a fake answer to a particular question. If a contestant correctly guesses the challenge question, they will receive an additional three points. And if they incorrectly guess the challenge question, they will lose three points. You can guess the challenge question at any point in the game, and multiple contestants can challenge the same question. And as always, there will be no Googling. Nice. Okay. I think that covers it. Anyone have an idea of what today's topic is going to be? I was really hoping that it would be Annie. But I don't know anything about Annie, so I was really hoping Annie. it wouldn't be Annie. The musical? <laughs> yes. The musical or the movies. There. Is this because that one time, like, a year and a half ago, we just did Annie trivia yeah. well, in your living room for, like, three hours? Yes. Well, I feel like every time we hang out, I end up talking about Annie, so I was kind of hoping that you would make <laughs> it Annie. This is true. This is true. <laughs> or Glee, I guess. I had no I've thoughts. seen Annie. Well, I'm game. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I would know nothing about Annie, but today's episode is going to be on posthumous fame. So people who got famous after they died. Okay. Okay. Do I have to know the names of these people? (laughs) (laughs) We have, we have legal permission to make jokes about all of these things. Oh, okay. Okay. Good. All right. So let's get into round one. Question one. Before her demise in 1886 from Bright's disease and after excessive editing in order to fit societal norms, only seven of her poems saw the light of day. But after her death, about 1,800 of her influential poems were found and published, which garnered immense acclaim. Who is this poet? Uh, (laughs) Buzz. Alec buzzed in first. That makes sense. Uh, We didn't know. Emily Dickinson. It is Emily Dickinson. I've got a book of her complete works. Point for Alec. I don't know anything about poetry. (laughs) (laughs) Dead or alive. (laughs) I don't know anything about poetry, but like I know their names. (laughs) Well, yeah, I could. could. Emily Dickinson slaps. You guys should read Emily Dickinson. I feel like we might have a problem. Isn't that Jane Eyre? I hardly remember my own name sometimes. Yeah, that's true. I'm not really great at names. Is it all like, do you know this? Is it all like the (laughs) name of the person? No. Okay. Good. Well, yeah. So during her life, her poems were posted in the newspaper anonymously without her knowledge. And it's most likely from her brother's wife, who personally received more than 200 of the poems. But it could also be insinuated from some of her poems. Like publication is the auction of the mind. So it was pretty clear that she didn't like the thought of receiving publicity of any kind for her work. And she even wrote like a few times, she said stuff like, uh, but we would rather from our Garrett go white unto the white creator, suggesting that she would rather die than sell her thoughts to the outside world. She liked liked her thoughts, becoming really famous. She liked her thoughts. Why not make money on your thoughts? Come on. Life's tough. You need money somehow. (laughs) Especially if you had really good thoughts. Yeah. I mean, if I could make money just off of thinking, I'd I'd take it. (laughs) No one would pay money for my thoughts. I know that. (laughs) My thoughts are mostly blank most of the time. (laughs) Just nothing. Flatline. Just pages and pages of blank pages. (laughs) Exactly. That kind of sounded like a poem. (laughs) Well, good job, Alec, <laughs> on getting that first point. Uh, we'll go, go mm-hmm. to question two. 
Okay. Galileo Galilei was charged with heresies, which are ideas that ran counter to the teachings of the church by the Inquisition, which is the legal body of the Catholic Church. He was found guilty in 1633 and served life imprisonment, but due to his age and poor health, he was allowed to serve out his sentence under house arrest. What claim did Galileo make that sparked this response? Uh, no one bust. I don't know. I think I know it, but I don't want to hog the buzzer. Um, Just do it. I think you might have you to. Win. I got to be honest with you, Alec. Like, You're in it to win it. You got to do it. Yeah, don't it be a weenie. It. Thank you. Okay. Thanks for hyping me up. Okay. <laughs> um, did he, is it that he said that, it, it, is it when he said that uh, the earth was not the center of the solar system? Yep, that, that was it. He, uh, uh, he suggested the idea of heliocentrism. <laughs> I didn't even know. That would have, that would have gotten you halfway there. Yep. Well. Wait, that wasn't Good right? Job. No, that, oh. that was it. Yeah. He, he released numerous oh. publications about the heliocentric idea that the earth orbits the sun instead of the sun orbiting the earth. Of course. Yeah. Smart guy. But I mean, he was, he was pretty like acclaimed in his day because he, like his most famous invention is probably the telescope, which he used to discover like craters on the moon and sunspots. But it wasn't until like after his death where he started to become a household name and was considered like the father of modern astronomy. Well, didn't he like discover planets and stuff? Um, I don't, well, I think he was like the first to view and like record the rings of Saturn, I think mm. through the telescope, but I don't, I don't know about discovering planets. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 What's your favorite fact you know about Galileo? Um, that one. <laughs> the one that Logan yeah. just said. That's a pretty good one. <laughs> favorite. I think Logan knew it was my favorite, and that's yeah, why he said exactly. it. I mean, even though I didn't know the answer. Yeah, that was yeah. just a question for Alec. I knew you guys got that one. Yeah, yeah you knew we already had <laughs> I wanted it, to so just like, <laughs> get, a, get guys, a few points in at the beginning. We just want to make Alec feel special today. Like, he's <sighs> yeah, he needs, he needs extra support. He's fragile. <laughs> yeah, it's been a rough week. <laughs> <laughs> question three. Vivian Mayer was an unpublished American photographer born in 1926. After her death in 2009, her negatives were found and the images were posted on the image sharing site Flickr, where the results went viral. Mayer's work subsequently attracted critical acclaim, and since then, Mayer's photographs have been exhibited around the world. What were the subjects of Vivian Mayer's photography? Mm. And I don't expect you guys to know this, but like, you can probably make an, es an educated guess. Gonna say... People. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you, no you way. Gotta be more specific than that. Um, women. I am allowed to. I just buzzed in. Oh, say something. <laughs> um, something, you champ. I won't accept women. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, Sound bite. Poor Clip people. <laughs> I knew like, it as soon as I said it. Depression. Era. What was it, Sam? Like poor people. Poor. poor. Mm. <laughs> Um, Poor, pores. <laughs> were they poor? <laughs> um, hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say no, <sighs> but it's like it's it's along the same vein. Um, are we talking about like a certain geographical I, era? I've heard this area, story. Like I've heard of this story before, and I don't remember what she did pictures of. People okay, who were in the area of war. Oh. Mm, the That's war. not it either. But it is. It is like people in a, um, a certain geographic okay. area. So I'm not going to get geographic. it. That's what yeah. I'm hearing, bro. Was Appalachian, it? Appalachian oh. folks. Ooh. Not Appalachian folks. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be neat? I thought that was a decent. Yeah, that's a good answer, Alan. Good job. <laughs> Someone um, should go take pictures of Appalachian folks. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Americans. You get one more shot. Americans. Americans, <laughs> Americans. Is, is true. Americans is true. Again, closer. Um, 
so far, Sarah's been right twice, and you haven't given her the points. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like I'm really, like, the person getting there. Like, I said people, I said Americans. Like, how much closer are you expecting me to get here? Um, okay, uh, all right, all right. Idahoans. Idahoans. Um, the, city I, folk. Unless Sarah can be... Say that again. City folk. Ooh. I'm I'm gonna take I'm gonna take that. Animal Sarah. Crossing yeah. city folk for Hell week. Oh yeah. What's the answer? Yeah. It's the people and architecture of American cities, Chicago, New York, mm-hmm. Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's primarily like working class people that she that she found. It was just okay. street photography in the in okay. metropolitan areas. We kind of pieced that kinda, together. Yeah. It was I people. Feel like we should it all was, get those. It was poor people because they're. And working. I can say that because I'm working not, class. Not women. I mean, I'm sure there were some not, women. Not just women. There were some women, okay, and and city people. Folk. Folk. Yeah, city. Sarah. Sarah gets the point for that one. Oh, did you guys yeah. play Animal Crossing? She city pieced folk? it all together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's the Wii version. She was just taking photos of Animal Crossing. That's what I was doing. She's screenshotting. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the people in architecture of American cities. Uh, Vivian Mayer, she spent a large part of her childhood in France, which made her appreciate the beauty of American city structure in the mid-1900s that most Americans at the time took for granted. So it was her nice. her duty, she felt, was to share that you know American cities were beautiful, even though a lot of people at the time were criticizing them. And I think they still do today. Yeah, they Great do. Great job, Vivian. <laughs> Thanks, Vivian. But that was like, that was recent because that was, her photos were shared in 2009 is when they all came out because they, they were pretty much just kept in her like personal collection until they were all when shared. Did, when did she take the photos? Uh, well, she was born in 26. So it was, uh, you know, probably like the 40s through, uh, through when she died in the late 2000s. Gotcha. I like that. Mm-hmm. Queen. Good I trivia. Call. Yeah. Slay. Good trivia. <laughs> Patting you on the back. <laughs> That's what I wanted. <laughs> Question four. During his lifetime, Alfred Wagner was primarily known for his achievements in meteorology and as a pioneer of polar research. But today he is remembered as the originator of the continental drift hypothesis by suggesting in 1912 that the continents are slowly drifting around the Earth. Research, decades after his death, led to the discovery of this explosive boundary of the Pacific Plate. What is this boundary called? Can I go? S- yep, Pam. <laughs> Pangea. Not Pangea, but that's that's Shoot, the I other mean... uh, that's the other big discovery that came from his work. Uh, Don't me to repeat the last wait, part of the question again. Are you asking what the what the boundary is? Yeah, research the... decades after his death led to the discovery of this explosive boundary of the Pacific Plate. <laughs> um, <laughs> buzz. <laughs> what? What is it? Uh. That one movie with John Boyega fighting robots, Pacific Rim. <laughs> Pacific Rim? No. It's okay. the um the boundary has like volcanoes all along its perimeter. Yeah, that makes I sense. I think I've heard of it. <laughs> I'm only thinking of movies. <laughs> I just thought of Tokyo have you, have Drift. You, have you have you seen um have you seen Finding Nemo? Yes, of course. Oh, oh, oh there's the a there's a ritual that Nemo goes through, and he has to uh, swim through the the volcano. What? That's what it's but, called. Yeah, and the thing that the that the ritual is exactly called. What you're talking about is also the name of this Pacific Plate boundary full of volcanoes. Um, Sarah, so you're <laughs> putting you out of your misery. Yeah, it's also a song by Johnny Cash. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> okay. Why don't you just say it? So you're telling I, me, I, I like lo- It's not my turn. It. It's not my turn. I already I, guessed I Pacific Rim. Well, Sarah, Sarah hasn't guessed. Oh, so we have to go. We can't like do two guesses in a row. Um. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure everyone gets a chance to go through them. Gotcha. We, we can circle back around. That's fair. But I have no thoughts in my little <laughs> brain. Literally, I'm just thinking of pictures of volcanoes. Respectable. Like floating through my <laughs> brain and no words. There's yep. no words up there right now. It's pretty pictures. Uh, 
So, Alec. No, I'm thinking of the Lava Pixar short. I Lava You Pixar oh, short. That's a good one. That's good that's one. so good. Well, I want to go back to the ham first if she has another guess. <laughs> Do you have you? another guess, Samantha? Um, I don't. I feel like once you say it, I'll be like, oh, yeah, but only because of the Finding Nemo thing. Like, I'm I don't pretty think sure I all of the you have all heard of us of this, will go, sure. yeah, that makes sense. I didn't know that it was called this. Okay, I'm passing the baton to you. The Let's... Ring of Fire. The Ring of Fire. That's correct. Oh, that's what they do in Finding Nemo. So that's the You're only reason. I would have never thought that yep, that was exactly. a real thing. It sounds like yep. Roughly, roughly ninety percent of all earthquakes occur along the Ring of Fire. I didn't know that was a real thing. The ring thing. is dotted with like seventy-five percent of all active volcanoes on Earth are along this boundary. That's fascinating. That's crazy. I really That's thought it would crazy. be a more scientific name. Yeah, I thought that was just like a Johnny <laughs> not song. the title of a song. About love. The Ring of Fire. <laughs> Copyright. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I guess, Al- Alec, did you get that one? I guess so. That- yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, did, you say. did. He really okay. did. Good job, Alec. Yeah, you're really you're killing really it. You're a really good job. Good job. You're a smart guy. <laughs> I've seen Finding Nemo. <laughs> going on to the last question of round one question five sylvia plath was an american poet novelist and pulitzer prize winner her most acclaimed work is the bell jar which was released shortly before she took her own life in 1963 to what does the titular bell jar refer to in the book and i have multiple choice here is it a Esther's feeling that her madness distorts and separates her from the outside world. B. The jars containing fetuses at the attended medical school. C. The jar containing sleeping pills that Esther routinely considers and ends up trying to kill herself with. Or D. The name of the mental hospital where Esther eventually resides. Buzz. Pam buzzed in first. A. It is A, Esther's feeling that her madness distorts and separates her from the outside I'm world. coming for you, Alex. I, <laughs> I thought that that one would come off as like too like eye-rolly and people wouldn't want to guess it, but it does like, it seems like the obvious choice. Yeah, that's the one I thought. And then you started reading all the other options and I questioned myself because I have a lot of self-doubt. So Yeah, me too. But I just wanted the <laughs> so, point. So really, I just thought I'd go for it. You're just braver than what me. What is a... What is a bell jar? Like, what is bell? What does bell mean? Is bell that a type of jar? I think it's just the shape of the oh. jar. Like it. Yeah. Okay. Like it's it's the one that goes up like this, and it's in the shape of like a bell. Mm-hmm. Can't see what you're doing, but visual <laughs> visual medium. Um. Yeah, I never read that book either. So uh, me neither. Me either. I've heard uh, lots of me things either. About I had it. to look up all of this. Uh, so all of us are <laughs> <Nice>. uncultured. <laughs> I feel like a bunch of people read that in like high school or something. But I, I think it. it was a requirement yeah, it's for a, a lot of it's people. A, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think yeah. it was like semi-autobiographical. So like a lot of the mental health struggles that the main character in the book was feeling were like the same kind of struggles she was going through. And obviously a lot of that was uh, like issues with depression and suicide, which is what ended up being the reason she took her life and a lot of the like uh thought processes that the character goes through in the book are just direct experiences from her so it's known as like a really good insight into the minds of people with depression and a really good representation of that i love it I'll look inside that. the jar <laughs> should be more educated and read it through, through the looking jar through the looking glass anyone know what that's from jar. that's a trivia question <laughs> <laughs> I've I've heard it said before, but I could not point to what that means or where it came from. Oh, Freaky Friday. It's the book that Jamie Lee Curtis writes. <laughs> oh, from Freaky Friday? I thought it was Alice in Wonderland. It's probably from like every movie, but that's what I was thinking. Not Through like the, the looking movie. glass? Yeah, it's probably- isn't that? Yeah. That's Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. No. Okay. Can it's I look it up? Am I allowed Jamie to Google Lee. this? <laughs> but it's also Jamie Freaky Curtis Friday. Freaky Friday. <laughs> I, okay. Freaky Friday book. I don't, I believe you. That. I mean. No, I, I want to know. I allow right. this. Well, there's Alice, th- mm-hmm. Alice in Wonderland through the looking glass is like one of the books. Yeah. That's what I thought it was from. But no, it's obviously the book that Jamie Lee Curtis writes yeah, in. Freaky Friday. Yeah. Well, I mean, which came first? We're not sure. Through the looking glass. 
You're so right. She does have proof. It's through the looking glass. There's other words I can't read because it's pixelated, but I was right. That would be that would be really impressive if that trivia fact point point. count it. (sighs) All right, do I get a point for that? (laughs) Yeah, for for asking a trivia question, for asking and answering a different question, (laughs) your own question. (laughs) That should be a bonus round, people. Ask you questions, Logan. Um, yeah. We'll just have an entire entire episode on Freaky Friday. I'm sure there's enough there. Honestly, there's I could win there. that, honestly. Well, it's because you could do the reboot because there's like an old yeah, one. They, yeah, right, I've never seen yeah. that, so. I didn't know uh, that. Just I really one. There's a reboot. Every movie's a reboot these days. Well, that brings us to the end of round <laughs> one. Uh, if we want to do a quick score update before we go on to round two. If I counted right, Alec has two, right? Um, I think I, I think have three. You got three. If you count, okay. The Alec has Ring of Fire. Yeah. Yeah, because you got it right. Yes. <laughs> 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 Is it so three one one? Three one one. What's the three Disney one? Disney three one one. <laughs> What's the three one one? Oh, that's four one one. Yeah, it is, but we'll. Yeah. All right. Well, round two. The questions will be worth two points each. I'm ready. Question six. Herman Melville was an American novelist, short story writer, and poet of the American Renaissance period. Although his reputation was not high at the time of his death, the 1919 centennial of his birth was the starting point of a Melville revival and Moby Dick grew to be considered one of the great American novels. Moby Dick is the antagonist sperm whale in the book, but what gave the name sperm whale to these creatures? Uh, and I have I know multiple it. choice on this yeah. as well. Okay. Oh, he already got he already <laughs> has it. <laughs> he already knows. Uh, it, Alec, do you think you know it? No, do, do the do no. The give the multiple give choice. Give the multiple choice. Give us okay. a chance. You come worked on. hard on yeah, it. I want to hear him. <laughs> okay. A. <laughs> this is this is a rough one to start with. Okay. A. <laughs> a. A semi. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> a, a semi-liquid waxy substance on their head used to identify the creatures was long thought to be sperm. Aww. B, the official scientific name for the animal is Spermaceti macrocephalus, and the nickname sperm whale just stuck in the scientific community. C, they appear in the shape of a sperm cell when viewed from above the water's surface. D, Sperm whales consistently give rise to many ecosystems on the ocean floor. When they die and then give food for thousands of sea creatures, its ability to seemingly create life inspired scientists to name it in relation to the reproduction of life. Nice one. Uh, I have Ham buzzed in first. Uh, I just thought I'd put it in, I guess. Um, I feel (laughs) like the first one. (laughs) That would be right. That's true. That's the reason. I when I when really? I, I oh, had really? to do some uh I had to do some gymnastics and asking and like phrasing the question because I really wanted that to be the answer of the question but I had to kind of describe Herman Melville give his backstory relate it to Moby Dick relate it to the whale <laughs> and then ask this question about the whale so you could say he has sperm on his head. <laughs> <laughs> it was a semi-liquid okay. waxy substance on their head used to identify was long thought to be sperm. But it's Aww. not. Uh, I think it was... I, I don't think it's fully known what it's for, but it's like theorized that it's to help them uh, like reach really deep depths and somehow that mm. like helps or it's like it helps in their communication abilities because they're also super loud. <laughs> Logan, are you capping to us right now? What were you going to say, Alec? What was your answer? What did you th- yeah, what did you think the answer was? I'm pretty sure it's spermaceti cuz spermaceti oil is the oil that they hunted the whales Ooh. for to make like candles and other stuff. That's like why Moby Dick they uh they were wh- they were on a whaling ship to hunt them for their spermaceti. Oil. I don't know, I think I'm right. <laughs> That sounds well, true to me. You can you can challenge right now if you want. Ooh, challenge. I challenge you on Uh-oh. this. All right. Um, you'd be wrong. I, I was telling the truth. <laughs> no. Spermaceti yeah. is a thing. What does he lose for challenging? Yeah, I know. I point. did my research in making the fake answers. Is that true? He loses a point? He should lose. For challenging? Three points. He loses That's how three Scrabble points. works. 
Scrabble. Scrabble rules. <laughs> Logan, I don't believe you. <laughs> I I looked up like I, I read about sperm whales to make up these fake <laughs> answers. So spermaceti, I I came across that word. Didn't know what it was, but it had the word sperm in it. So I put it in the scientific name for the whale. I don't so, know what the scientific name for the whale is. I just oh, put okay. that at you the front. Made, oh, so you made up the scientific name. Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay, okay, okay. I think I think macrocephalus is in it because I think that's for used across all whales, I think. But I'm not sure. I, I, I made up the scientific name. Spermaceti, I don't think is in the scientific name. I think he should lose a point. Yeah, boo. He loses three points. I lose three points. Three? Yeah. Three. Nice. A whole three points. That's, which was all my nice. points. <laughs> <laughs> So I bet zero now. Um, I don't know. I don't know about that. Okay. I read well, Moby Dick and they said spermaceti a lot in there. Yeah, yeah I know. I, I real plucked word. that word out because it was said a lot. Yeah, it is a good word. But you're telling me it's because he of the jizz. He was trying jizz. to trick you. <laughs> it's and it not jizz though. Okay. <laughs> okay. You learn um, something every day, I guess. Oh man, this is a this is a rough transition. From sperm to <laughs> whatever's next. And Frank. Question. Think about that one, Logan. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Uh, <laughs> question seven. Okay. Serious face. Anne Frank rewrote her famous diary entries while still hiding for what reason? And I have this as multiple choice as well. So she rewrote her diaries for what reason? A, her saviors discovered multiple journals and had them burned, and then rewrote all entries in a larger secret book, including the years December 1942 to 43, from memory. B, she heard a radio broadcast asking everyone to keep their diary entries organized in order to have detailed accounts of the Dutch under Nazi occupation. C, her sister Margot Betty Frank was also writing diaries, although not as detailed as Anne's and Anne decided to compile their experiences into one volume. D, multiple diaries from Anne Frank were discovered, including an additional volume containing copies of all the entries, but it is unknown why Anne decided to rewrite her diary entries. Hmm. I'm going to guess... Uh, Sarah buzzed in first. I'm going to say the last one. I don't uh, the, what letter. That it's unknown why? Yeah. It It is not D. Darn it. I, I was thinking that too. Okay. Uh, Ham buzzed in next. Um, the fact that she heard it over the radio. Yep, that was it. Oh. She heard a radio wow. broadcast that asking everyone. I'm to the keep smartest person in the room. Organized. Well, in the scoreboard. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the scoreboard would agree with you. Yeah, and the scoreboard does not lie. Firma okay. That was That's, my second. That guess. is two more <laughs> points for Sam. Oh my goodness. Two. I forgot these are worth two now. <laughs> Yeah, how's it feel to be a loser? How's Alex? it feel to have zero? Um, I've got nowhere to go but up, baby. <laughs> That's attitude. true. Question eight. This double Nobel Prize winner gained critical acclaim in the scientific community for research related to their second Nobel Prize, but they never got to receive it due to an early death related to the research. Uh, this is Damn it! Do you know who I'm talking about? Ham, Ham Buzz first. I don't know anything about Nobel Prize winners. I'm just going to throw a name into a ring. I don't even know if the timeline okay. matches up. Um, Albert Einstein? Not Albert Einstein. I but, figured, but uh, I don't they know were friends. <laughs> oh, wow. It's kind of right then. <laughs> they hung out. Uh, Alec. Is it Marie Curie who did radioactivity stuff? Yep, it was Madame Marie Curie. Uh, She died before she was able to receive her second Nobel Prize in chemistry for her work on isolating radioactive elements, which launched her work into worldwide fame and study. But like I said, she did win twice. So she also won uh, back in 1903 for her discovery of radium and polonium. But she worked she worked with radioactive elements for uh, you know a couple decades, and that ended up uh, killing her before she was able to receive her second Nobel Prize. Nice, sad. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't her husband like also die from it, or like I know he was also involved with it? Somehow. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me because I mean she was probably radioactive, and I'm guessing they were around each other. A oh, lot. I thought he like helped. <laughs> I thought he was like also around. Oh, maybe, maybe I'm not sure. Radioactive. 
Well, that's two, two for I guess, Alec. I, I guess you could say she couldn't find the the Madame Marie Cure here for her uh, <laughs> no. cancer or whatever she had. That was a good one. Okay. I, <laughs> there's no good response to that. Um, what was the uh, band that can, sang that can. song, Radioactive? Radioactive? What was that band that sang that? Oh, Imagine Dragons, yeah. Oh, Imagine yeah. Dragons. Imagine me dragging yeah. these nuts on your face. Oh, my God. Oh, that was, oh, that's yeah. a classic. Oh, that's yeah. Classic. Play the song right now. Okay, <laughs> when you edit this. <laughs> when you edit this. No, no, actually, just play the... Uh, just play that. <laughs> just... <laughs> Right. It already happened. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that. Logan. All right. Question. Question nine. Only thirty-seven years old when he died, and having only sold one painting, Van Gogh sadly did not live long enough to see the extent of his legacy, which includes his works now being some of the most expensive in the world. How much money do you think the highest bid for a Van Gogh painting to date is? Mm. And I'm gonna go. Uh, Price is right rule, so try to guess below, not above. That makes sense. Mm. I'll try. <laughs> um, to so to date, so like I don't know to like the maybe highest bid for a Van recently to date. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna say I have no idea like what's way too high <laughs> of a price, but I'm gonna say yeah. like three hundred million. Okay, uh, you next. the next. Uh, that's like. I was going to say 10 million. I also don't know how much art it goes for. <laughs> and um, I'm going to go really high and say like 2 billion. <laughs> Holy cannoli. Uh, Sam is going to get that because <laughs> Let's go, baby. Price is right, the, rules. The, the highest bidding price was $83 million for mm. Portrait of Dr. Paul Gachet in 1990. Uh, that's the highest bidding price to date but not all of his paintings have been auctioned so like for instance starry night it's currently located in the museum of modern art in new york but it's estimated that if it went up for auction it would sell for well over a hundred million dollars so it's not to say that this is his most uh expensive yeah it's not it's not his his most expensive work or his most valued work but it's the one that Mm. has sold for the most amount of money i knew that good job have you guys seen starry night in person no in new york no No. i haven't been to that one i'm a little annoyed because i know i've been there but i don't i didn't see starry night though (laughs) (laughs) or if I did, I don't remember it. I feel like I would remember that. But I've been to that museum. So I'm a, when I was researching this and found that out, I got a little annoyed that I didn't go what? and see it when I was in New York. I've seen the flowers, uh, whichever was... one that is that's famous. It's like a flower. Did like the, the touring, did the, the Van the Gogh tour, did they bring like actual paintings along or was it just like a visual experience? Oh, the, the immersive Van Gogh thing? No, uh, that was just a, no. a video that you watched. It was just videos basically. up on the no, wall. No, there is one. They have, well, because they have some in the IMA's collection. So they just like put them at the mm. end, but they didn't have anything. The IMA, I saw. Mm-hmm. The they, IMA has Van Gogh paintings. Mm-hmm. Oh, I yeah. did not know. I that. think they have at least one. I don't know what it's called. I saw the traveling mm. Van Gogh exhibit in Houston, Logan. I thought you were there too, but anyhow, is that when we when we when went we there went over to Houston? Break? Yeah, <laughs> when we went to Houston. The only time you or I have probably ever <laughs> been to Houston. <laughs> when you I, I did not go to the to a Van Gogh exhibit in Houston, though. Mm. Well, it, they oh, had well. like four Starry Nights, so <laughs> that's embarrassing for you. Well, I came really close to having worthwhile experiences multiple times, but just never got there. <laughs> that's sad for you. Uh, question 10, last question of round two. Born in 1914... Hedy Lamarr was an Australian-American actress, an inventor who pioneered the technology that would one day form the basis for many of today's modern technologies. However, she never saw a single penny for her patented invention used by the U.S. military in the World War II conflict against the Axis powers. This is going to be multiple choice. What was her patent for? A. A radio wave guided projectile used to hit enemy submarines with incredible precision. 
B. Secret communication channels unable to be discovered or listened to by enemy forces with the technology of the time. C. A music box with multiple well-hidden compartments that was stationed in all U.S. Army general quarters that would only open for those with necessary security clearance and was the location of top-secret documents. Or D. A bullet-resistant fabric that was incorporated into all vital areas of all Army uniforms starting in 1943. Alec buzzed in first. I think it's, um, I think it was B walkie and it's walkie talkies. Uh, the secret right? communication channels unable to be discovered. Yeah. Uh, that is not the one I had. Darn. Not the correct answer. Uh, ham buzzed in next. C. C. The music box with hidden compartment stationed in all areas is not correct either. <laughs> I can't remember what C was, but. <laughs> So I'm going to I'm going to say D. The bullet resistant fabric incorporated to all vital areas of army uniforms is not correct either. Oh, the wow. answer was A. We did a bad uh, job. So her invention was uh heavily related to do with frequency hopping of radio signals, Alec. So I mean, it was but it was used in a variety of uh in a variety of technologies by the US military. But a big one was that it was used as a guided projectile to hit enemy submarines because the enemies wouldn't be able to tell where the source was coming from and wouldn't know the best way to maneuver away from the incoming projectile. Hmm. I was also going to guess the secret one, but when he already chose that and it was wrong, I just kind of guessed a random one. (laughs) That would not have been a good move to also guess the one (laughs) as the incoming. I guess it, though. No, well, no I one heard, got that one. I think I recently heard the story of the person who invented walkie-talkies, and I was just stuck on that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that, so. I mean, I I can look it up if it was if it was related to that because I'm no, like and the, I remember the it frequency now. Frequency hopping technology. No, I know I'm not right because I uh, I was watching a video about things Canadians invented, and one of them was walkie-talkies. And mm. you said oh, she was yeah. from she Australia, was Austrian. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, but she was <laughs> she was she was like a well a well known like actress of the early 1900s, and mm-hmm. she just like did all of this stuff on the side. She ran into like people in Hollywood who were uh, working on working on like secret stuff. She managed to like get involved in a couple patents of people that were working on like secret science stuff, but <laughs> she was unable to like receive credit for it until uh, it. It actually wasn't after her death. It was like near the end of her life. But I decided to include that because I just think it's a good story. That is a good story. It is a good story. Inspiring. (laughs) Inspiring. Good for her. Well, that's the end of round two. If we want to do another score check. Alec, where are you at? I have two. Ham, you got a couple right in this one, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. What is, what is it? Oh, I'm supposed to, are we supposed to? <laughs> I think. You got it. Did you get two? two? I got at least two right. Two. And there were. Ham, you got three right. Cause you got also oh, got the, uh, nice. the Van Gogh painting one. Dang. So Ham has oh, seven. Yeah. <laughs> I have one. What the flip? So Ham has seven. <laughs> Alec has two. Sarah has one. Yeah. Close game. Makes sense. Didn't I have two point? I don't really care. I, don't, I think it was I three one one at the end of round okay. one. It was okay. Yeah, okay, I trust you, you guys. Didn't you take a tinkle break? I don't know. Ham told me that she had to tinkle. <laughs> you can. You can we take might, a break. Take a tinkle we tinkle might break. need to let her go take a quick tinkle. Sorry, guys. I won't be any fun if I don't. <laughs> she's already shaking her leg. So. <laughs> we'll leave all of the silence in for. Yeah, I'll be back. Yeah, we'll. We're waiting. We'll fill in descriptive <laughs> audio. <laughs> So currently she is running. Ham walks door. off oh, camera. She shut it. Um, I just heard the toilet seat open. Okay, now I'm listening. She's to her ripping pee. ass. She now. is peeing. <laughs> Solid stream, Ham, steady. That is you know, like Healthy. Seems like a good. Ham is pee. battling for her life. <laughs> <off camera. laughs> to see a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think she's finished. <laughs> uh, waiting on that flush. Uh, what is this episode going to be titled? Like, <laughs> I was, I was, I was going to ask about that. <laughs> Posthumous <laughs> fame. 
Uh, <laughs> right? It doesn't roll off the tongue very well. But I think, yeah, I think that would all it needs to be called. People or just who like got famous after, after they died or something. Yeah. Dead people doing stuff. Dead people when, that did when stuff. When you die, but before that, you had a good <laughs> thing when you, you did. die, but you, before that, you, <laughs> but before you died, you, you did a thing where you, <laughs> before. You were famous for it. Sorry if it picked up the flush. <laughs> did it? I hope it did. You should add in a flush sound effect. Yeah, it, it happened. Perfect. Thanks, guys. She also We were just listening hands, to just Radioactive so you know. by Imagine Dragons that whole time. Oh, good. <laughs> were you making some Dragon Dudes Nuts uh, jokes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <No>. Multiple. <laughs> yeah, we just said the same joke a few times. It's a good one, though, right? It's really good. It's even better when you really catch someone off guard with it, mm-hmm. which I don't think I did. Either, All right. Anyway, next. Uh, next. Are we go? Are we ready to move on to yep. round three? Yeah. Yes. Empty yep. hearts. Yup. 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 All right. Round three. Question eleven. Edgar Allan Poe's work is particularly notable for being at once terrifying and yet undeniably beautiful, a rare quality in contemporary horror. He spent most of his adult life in relative poverty, supplementing his income by writing for journals and periodicals. The work earned him a reputation as a respective literary critic, but these circles were very small. His only truly successful work in his own lifetime was The Raven. Posthumously, his poetry and short fiction work was translated into French where it became quite popular before spreading across the globe. Which of the following is not a name of a short story published by Edgar Allan Poe? So I'll give you four Mm. choices. A. The Scythe of Time. B. Never Bet the Devil Your Head. C. A Descent into the Maelstrom. Or D. Midnight Bones. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know who buzzed first. I think it was Sarah first. It was Sarah first. Um, I'm going to say Midnight Bones. Because if (laughs) that was a title, he did a bad job. Maybe it was a French translation. I need to stop with this reverse psychology (laughs) stuff. Because, yeah, that's the one I made up. But (laughs) it sounds like it would be the one I made up when I say them all out loud. It sounds bad. It does. Oh, and I, I, you thought, you I thought laughed it would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Okay. But I. Well. I was starting to think through it. I was like, maybe that was like the French translation back to English, like, didn't work that well. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Midnight bones. Midnight bones. <laughs> I like it, Logan. It's good. <laughs> Thank you. I think it sounds like. I mean, it, it, I did go through like all of his short story titles, and that title does fit in very well with like the rest of his work, but, like, but it doesn't fit Logan? in very well with the four I mentioned. <laughs> which ones does it fit with, Logan? I hadn't heard of any of those. So, um, let me let me see. Afternoon skeleton. <laughs> Afternoon skeleton. <laughs> Spooky scary skeletons by Edgar Spooky Poe. scary skeletons by Edgar Allan Poe. Um. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Question yeah. twelve. Next question. <laughs> Jane Austen gained acclaimed status after her death at the age of forty-one to an unidentified disease. Her six full-length novels have since rarely been out of print including an estimated 30 million copies sold of Pride and Prejudice. What is the name of the intelligent, gentlemanly love interest in Pride and Prejudice? Oh, frick. Ham. (laughs) Okay, it's Mr. Something. (laughs) It is Mr. Something. You got something. You get Mr. Right. I know. Uh, I know it. Let's let's Sarah get it. Isn't it Mr. Darcy? Wait a second. <laughs> yeah, that's it. it. <laughs> it's too late. Too late. I said it. <laughs> Hold on, a Sarah. No, yeah, Sarah. I mean, there's no way to prove that that is what you were going to say, Alec. <laughs> okay. I think he's got to go to Sarah. Okay. You're right. I sh- I don't deserve that's a, a good, chance. That's a really good honest, strategy, Sarah. Just say buzzed. the right answer. I didn't look at who buzzed when. I just. <laughs> I was just well. It worked out. I'm so glad we had a buzzer. I did tell her to go. I didn't didn't have my thing scrolled down far enough, so I really couldn't see who buzzed when. This whole time I've just been guessing. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) 
<laughs> Just give her the points. There's still time. You know, I can still catch up. Sarah's getting the Sarah. Sarah's getting the points. Sarah got as three I should there. because there's no guarantee I will get a single point. <laughs> The whole rest of the game. So no one should really... You just got the last one. Well, no one has a guarantee. Yeah, you got the the last two. (laughs) That's a six-point swing. Oh, wow. Good for me. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Alex. All right. Question question 13. Gregor Mendel was a freelance scientist in the 1800s. Peace. Whose work you might often associate... (laughs) 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 Is that, are you submitting that as an answer? What'd no, you say? I just said that and I wanted to see your reaction. Oh. <laughs> Did you what say if- bees? Is that what you said? No, peas. Oh. Oh, peas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, sorry, my bad. Gregor Mendel was a freelance scientist in the 1800s whose works you might often associate with the tool used by high schoolers around the world called Punnett squares. What scientific discipline did Gregor Mendel make contributions to? Is it multiple choice? Alec. Um, <laughs> I want to say peas again, but I'm going to say <laughs> botany? <laughs> genetics? Yeah, genetics. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, spe- I, I specifically had in my notes, I'm like, the answer is genetics and heredity, and in parentheses, be more specific than botany. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like I knew we did it with plants. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, he's now considered to be the father of modern genetics, but his work was largely dismissed in the scientific community in his own time as it did not fit with the current models. But by the early 1900s, a number of researchers revisited or rediscovered his works, and Mendel's laws went on to lay the foundation for what we now know as genetics. Nice. Was the was the peas? <laughs> Were yes. the peas related to like the Punnett square stuff? Because he now did a, I'm. He now did I'm, an experiment with peas. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a thing. He like crossed. Yeah. The, yeah. Crossbred the peas. Yeah. yeah and that's and how he like wasn't learned it, like, about. Different colored flowers genetic, or something. The dominant genes and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I remember. So, I did, you just brought back the memories of the Punnett square peas from mm-hmm. high school. Okay. I have to tell you something though. The Punnett squares that you learn in high school, like this basic yeah. one. Do you know what I'm going to say, Logan? The basic one you learn no. is like brown eyes is dominant over blue eyes, right? Yeah. And and they're right. like, and it, so if two if two, the parents have blue eyes, their kids have to have blue eyes because it's the recessive gene. No, that's not true. My parents both have blue eyes and I have brown eyes and everyone well, called adopted. me adopted because of it. Aww. But it's not that simple. I looked it up. It's more complicated <laughs> than what they teach you. Punnett squares are just, you know, an intro to what's actually going on. So that's fascinating. Right. Yeah, I think it's just like a useful tool. It's not like a, a standard model. Yeah. Or well, there's Alex there's adopted. more than one yeah. gene that controls, you know, different stuff. So or well. Alec is adopted. Or yeah. I'm adopted, or but Alec probably adopted. not. <laughs> what's what's more likely that everyone in the entire world is wrong? <laughs> or that Alec is adopted. <laughs> or that Alec is adopted. <laughs> I've asked myself this before. <laughs> uh who got that? I forget. Alec did. Alec, right? Alec did. Because yes. he said botany, peas, yes. genetics. I said peas, genetics. <laughs> peas, botany, genetics. <laughs> All right, good job. Three points. <clears throat> Question nice. 14. Bessie Coleman was an early American aviator. She was the first African-American woman and first Native American to hold a pilot license. Sadly, she could not get sponsorships like Amelia Earhart through press, books, and brand deals, likely due to prejudice of her skin color, and was only able to make ends meet while flying for a living through this dangerous occupation, which ultimately ended her life. And this is multiple choice. Mm. Did she A, she piloted planes carrying dangerous chemicals and waste, B, she was a stunt pilot performing at dangerous air shows, C, she flew as a training instructor for new pilots in the military, or D, she tested new prototype designs of military aircraft by volunteering to fly incomplete designs to review and make comments to the engineers. Uh, Ham. The last one. She tested new prototype designs is not correct. Fudge. (laughs) 
fudge. Uh, Sarah's next. Okay. I'm going to say she was a stunt pilot. Was that B? Yep, that's right. Oh, yep, I thought that was too pilot. silly. I knew it. One of the dangerous yes. air shows. Sweet. Yeah, and that she ended up dying in a crash while Gosh. doing like a dangerous stunt at an air show as well. So that, that sucks. <laughs> so that sucks. <laughs> Big old bummer. You could say that after every question. <laughs> so that that's true. This is so a that's series that. of downers. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I tried I tried to lighten up the last question. Sarah, you're like killing it this round. Okay, well, my brain is, that- is activating. <laughs> the coffee's hitting. Yeah, finally. It's the peaking at the right time. It only took about an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still mad about spermaceti, not gonna lie. <laughs> Get over it. I won. Oh, uh, that's such a good word. Um yeah, so this will be the the last question. Question fifteen. Okay. Here Jeff Buckley only made one complete album before his untimely death at the age of 30, before he was able to see his massive success on the charts with his beautiful rendition of Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah. This song got another revival in the 2001 animated film Shrek. What is happening on screen while the song Hallelujah is playing in the background? I can't press... I can't press it. Buzz. <laughs> it's it's multiple. I have, I have multiple... I have, I have multiple choice. What is happening on screen... Yeah. Do you want me to read multiple choice or are you both? Well, first of all, I don't think Jeff Buckley's Hallelujah is the one that plays during Shrek. Let's get that straight. It's not. It's not. It's uh, it's not Leonard Cohen. It's not Leonard Cohen's either. But it did um it did like spark love for the song again though. Isn't it Rufus Rainwhite Rainwhites? Uh well, the the version that plays in the movie and the version that's on the soundtrack are also different versions. So I think the version on the soundtrack album is uh, the guy you just said. I forget his name. Rufus Wainwright, who is also in Carly yeah. Rae Jepsen, The Loneliest Time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyhow. <laughs> so yeah. But uh, what I, was the, the one in the movie is not Jeff Buckley or that version. What is happening on screen while the song Hallelujah is playing? You all buzz, but I do have multiple choice. Do you want me to read multiple okay. choice? Well, sure. it's, I guess, but like, are you going to give me a chance? <laughs> you, you can. Everyone buzz. So you can. You buzz first. You'll get to answer first. Okay. Okay. Fine. Let's hear It'll the choices. It'll be okay. <laughs> it's going to be all right. What if you say it before me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to. I swear. One time in the face. I'm not. Is it A, Shrek overhears Fiona talking to Donkey about how they can't be together because of appearances, which Shrek incorrectly assumes she was talking about him. Shrek then sulks alone. B, Shrek, Donkey, and Fiona go separate ways after Shrek delivers Fiona to Farquaad and tells off Donkey. The song plays over as each character is alone, contemplating the situation. C, Fiona is walking down the aisle at her wedding and realizes that she needs to leave Farquaad and go be with Shrek. D. The song plays as a time lapse as Shrek and Donkey are connecting on their journey by doing activities such as stargazing, talking by the fire, and cooking together. Okay, okay, okay. It's B. It's when they're all (laughs) contemplating. Yeah, it's B. Yeah, because <laughs> he looks in the water. Yeah, he, no, he looks in. A, like, he looks like a broken water. glass. Donkey looks in the water oh, or somebody. Right. And Fiona, Fiona has the wedding cake, and she pushes Fort Lord Farquaad's thing down yeah, into the cake to make him short. <laughs> wow, you know wow. like all the details. <laughs> I just watched Shrek like two weeks ago. Are you serious? <laughs> I watched all three. Yeah, amazing. Well, all three. I guess it was more than three. The fourth one is better than the. I third had to one. do it. Oh. I don't know if I've ever seen the fourth one, but I watched the new Puss in Boots movie, which is why it's I went so back and good. watched all the Shrek movies. I haven't seen it yet. I, I even like the, the first yeah. Puss in Boots movie. Available too. on streaming. Well, <laughs> well that's a, that's a three point. Just throw up in your hand a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> she said, Alec, I did cough. I don't want the mic to pick it up. <laughs> well, I think it's so well, that was a that was a three point Shrek question to end end the game. Heck yeah! Um, do I do like the third? A quick score update before we get into what you guys think the challenge question might have been. 
Oh. Okay. Um, I have eight points now. Do you? Wow. How many do I, think I have? I have nine. Because I have seven. Sarah has nine. And then Ham has seven, right? Who'd have thought? I would have gotten ten if I could have gotten the Shrek one first. <laughs> <laughs> when you clear the all buzzers, right. do they clear all at the same time? Or do you clear I, I some people's before? I think she's accusing cheating. It clears all at the same time. Mm. Okay. So if I clear it, Because I pressed it as out. soon as it turned green. Just I pressed it that. sooner than that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's keep going. I don't like the All buzzer, right, so TBH. Like- it's getting a little heated. Ham is really mad about this. I could I could be in the way. <laughs> she can still win. She can still win. Uh, I can't challenge this so, game. Yeah. Alec, Alec is locked in place at eight and... Sarah, you have nine. Ham, you have seven. I can go over all of the answers real quick and see if one jumps out to you guys before you guess. Okay. Would that be helpful? Yeah. All right. One. <laughs> Later. <laughs> so I can't what's... challenge, but if I but if I were to challenge again, I would challenge you to bones. Wait, so we just have to challenge? <laughs> Gotta be <one>? real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to. <gasps> that okay sorry what it's a gasp surprise i guess oh i thought that was a cough and i was like that's a funny cough um it's an inverse cough so we are just like this is the one that we're challenging yeah i i made up one of these answers where i gave an incorrect answer to one of those oh gosh um what do you think i think the one that was incorrect and the one that you made up was the flying one. Uh, the what, Bessie Sounds Coleman like, doing air shows? Yeah. <laughs> Sarah, what about you? Um, I should have listened better when you were repeating all the questions. <laughs> 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 um, Alec, what do you think? Is that Midnight Alec Bones? Challenge- That's the one you said? <laughs> no, I challenged already. I challenged spermus, uh, uh, the jizz of the whale. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the spermus. <laughs> the, the whale. <laughs> the jizz whale question. The whale with the, the sperm head. So I can't challenge another one because I was that one's definitely not it. Correct. So we know it's um, not that one. Ham, I think you're wrong. Me too, but that just sounds really silly. <laughs> People do silly stuff. I know, but like... People do silly stuff? I, um, I think you're wrong. I would challenge Midnight Bones. That's got to be one. You, it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's really not. I'm... I'm just gonna say one. Was it the the, the bell jar one? Maybe. Oh, mm. the bell jar one and the uh, stunt show one. Those yeah. are both wrong. Mm. the the real The real fake answer I gave was actually in relation to Madame Marie Curie. What? Uh, she actually she actually died in 1934, more than two decades after she received her second Nobel Prize, and she was well respected in her field throughout her lifetime. Oh. But but she did end up dying due to I think it was cancer because of her research with radioactive materials. Yeah. So I thought I'd be able to dang slip that one in there that she died pretty early before she got, you know, you notoriety. You darn trickster. Yeah. So the, the whole question was a lie. There was no right answer. The whole the whole question was a lie. Um I mean not really. <laughs> you preface the question. You. you preface the question saying who died before they could receive their <laughs> right. second Nobel she Prize, didn't. which Tr- true. that's a lie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I I set up I set up the question too by describing Madame she Curie, which was all true. I didn't point. lie about her research or anything. Oh right, but there was there was no right answer to that question. Is what I mean. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. I was I was trying to get you to say Madame Curie. Are you trying to have your own points taken away, Alec? Because you te- you you got it <laughs> no, right, but you no, got it I, wrong technically because it was wrong. So would are we taking so your true. point away? They, Come on, no. let's they, do it. Let's they, take don't, it they don't go away retroactively. <laughs> <laughs> technically, you got it wrong. He's our he's already technically he's already lost. Sarah won. That's crazy to me. <laughs> are you sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's six to five to four six five four sarah Aww. ham alec good for or me or sarah wait alec ham why did i lose points again <laughs> oh you didn't lose you didn't lose points <laughs> it was ten it, it so, was nine eight seven. Oh, so 
Yeah, so Alec ha- stays at eight then, right? Yeah, yeah. because he challenged so earlier. Alec wins. So Alec <laughs> wins. Win. I was going to say, something about this just is not right. <laughs> it, I honestly feel like you should have because you got so many of Wait, those I'm confused how Alec final wins, round questions you right. Nine. Yeah, but uh, we lost points because we weren't right about the challenge question. But challenge Alex question. already did his challenge question. Like he already challenged. Oh, okay. So like, okay, that makes sense. Now I get it. I, I lose either so way. Alec, Alec won with eight. Wow. Nice. Good job, Alec. I'm, nice. I, I'm nice. not going to lie. I'm going to be Googling the origin of sperm <laughs> whale at, as soon as this is done. <laughs> <laughs> It it can be an addendum to the episode where we just talk about sperm whales for more if you want. But in the meantime, it looks like we've rolled into the station, so that's all the time we have. Uh, before we go, we'd like to thank Vert for the use of our theme song, 5978, which is a banger. If you enjoyed your ride on Bus 1 today, we'd really appreciate it if you told your friends about us and left a rating review on our, of our show. We're on all social medias at Bus One Trivia. That's B U S O N E Trivia. You can submit topic and question ideas as well as view our entire library of podcasts at busonetrivia.com. Thanks for riding Bus One, and we will see you next week. Uh, thank you to our producer, Trevor. Yeah, thanks, Trevor. And thanks to our producer, Trevor. Yeah. <laughs> Yay.